Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, we have now had a chance to uh, take a look at the film from uh, Sunday's unfortunate uh, home opener loss to the Las Vegas, don't call them Oakland Raiders. Um, and uh, we're, we're actually going to experiment a little bit with some video tonight as we continue to get more and more into this. Um, and, uh, you'll also notice on the, um, on the ticker at the bottom too, we got to score the game. And then also, um, as part of working with, uh, the Pigskin podcast network, um, DraftKings is heavily involved with that. And, uh, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I mention it a little bit later in the show too, but, um, really awesome opportunity there to get signed up using that app and, and you just use the, uh, TPPN code. And uh, get yourself into uh, wagering a little on sports. And, uh, you know, I, I actually did this about a week ago, and uh, I, don't, I don't wager much, I'll be honest. I just kind of like seeing if I'm right or wrong, so I do a couple bucks here and there. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun when you get it right, and it's really infuriating when you get it wrong. But uh, anyway, uh, Ian, as usual, joining me, uh, you might notice he is Turd Ferguson without the hat tonight. And uh, rest in, in honor, peace, Norm McDonald. Yes, in honor of the great Norm McDonald, uh, who passed away uh, last week and uh, highly underrated guy. If, uh, if you had never had a chance to see him on Saturday Night Live and a uh, few other few other great items as well. Um, so, uh, Ian, uh, uh, you you were there. You were in attendance. Um, I was. I was. And, Took my and... son to the game. It was his first game that he ever went to. So that's right. That's yes. right. But and as wonderful as that is, the, what the fans really want to know is what you're drinking tonight. <laughs> well, I am drinking my uh, Oktoberfest beer that came out of my keg, but nice. I am drinking it out of a horn that uh, my my wife got for me for my birthday a couple years ago. So this is actually made out of a. Uh, a ram's horn i believe um so it is a viking mug that's got to be a buffalo horn or buffalo horn or something yeah yes. that's it's bigger than something. a ram's horn yeah, yeah i don't know what it is but it's, it's a it's, horn it's, it's glorious it is i know that any viking would be proud uh my wife was in uh illinois last week and and uh we always usually make a stop and and she she did the good deed and stopped in indiana because they're the only state around me that has uh yingling so i've got a very nice yingling uh light lager tonight Nice. And uh, and now we have a little refrigerator under the table here too. So oh, that's I, very I'm, convenient. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm fully stocked. I'm fully stocked now and ready to go. So this could get off the rails real quick. Um, what was the vibe in the stadium, um, Ian? Because it it it, it just it, this offense is so frustrating to watch right now. It and is. then with the injuries, um, it it seemed like a really down crowd for for a lot of that game. It. It was, and it was really hot there too. I mean, yeah, the, the whole, yeah. you know, you figure most of the stadium was in kind of direct sunlight for most of the game with a one o'clock start. Uh, the side where I'm on, the visitor's sideline was in mm -hmm. direct sunlight for the entire game. And, you know, so in, in addition, people were hyped at the game. People were really excited. Um, the other thing that didn't get a lot of publicity was that, like, it was a disaster getting into the stadium. It was, uh -oh. um, like, the guy who sits next to me, like, tailgates in the main parking lot. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, I've left this lot at 1245 before and been in my seat by 1 o'clock for a game. He's like, we left at... 12 15 
and he got there like halfway through the first quarter. Oh like, my gate, gosh. Gate A getting in was a it was an absolute clusterfuck. Like it was he he I came in gate B and it was pretty backed up. But like they came on the loudspeaker and said, like, if you're waiting in line, yeah. go to gate B because it's the fastest one. And I'm standing there thinking, like, this is the fastest one. It, it, I mean, it probably took us 20 minutes to get in at gate B. And I was like, this is the fastest one. Holy crap. What's going on at these other gates? It was like they were totally unprepared for 65,000 people to come into the what stadium. What was going on? Was it was because they're because they do all digital ticket now, all right? digital ticketing. Yeah. So. After the game, there were some articles that were like, you know, some people didn't have their tickets downloaded and had to like pull them up when they were going through the line or something. And, um, but they, from what I heard too, from other people that were like trying to get in gate A, yeah, like one of the, you know, like there was six lines to get in, but then like two of the machines were broken. So they oh, had to geez. consolidate like six lines down to four. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was a mess. So, um, yeah, but it was indicative of the entire day. Yes. Yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. much. So, you know, I think for some people, not only did they get in late and people that like left early, you know, like the dude yeah. who sits next to me that like he was like, I left a half hour earlier than I normally did. And it took me an hour in line to get into the game. Like, that's just crazy. Um so, you know, there, there was some of that. Um, they did start slow. And, I mean, they were they were missing five starters on defense, if you count to it, right? Yeah. So you oh, two, yeah. Two it was out. And then uh, Hayden and Bush didn't play. Right. And then within, you know, the first quarter, first half of the game, you lose Tyson Alulu and TJ Watt. So, yep. you know, the, if, if you want to say, all right, how many starters can we lose on defense before we see a significant drop off? I guess that number is less than it's, five, right. because, you know, but, but I mean, that's, that's like half your starting defense too. I mean, that's a significant number of, of not only key mm-hmm. starters, but like, you know, those are, those are five of your highest paid defensive players as well yeah. that, you know, they're the guys you've invested in to be out there and make plays. And if they all get hurt, then you're in trouble, which was another puzzling thing about why, you know, Tomlin chose to punt and trust the defense because <laughs> not only did we get out time of possession by almost like eight, nine minutes, but, uh, you know, his defense had been out there a ton and mm-hmm. they're missing all those starters. Like, and my, my eight-year-old who came to the game with me, you know, it was funny. We, we called my parents on the ride home because they're the ones who gave us the tickets and, right. and, uh, you know, he said, thank you and all that. And they asked him how he enjoyed the game. He was like, it was great except for the stupidest punt ever. I don't know why they didn't <laughs> go for it on fourth down. <laughs> I was just like, he's eight and gets it. You know, it's like, it was, it was so, he was so mad. He kept talking about them punting. Like he, he was he was so mad that they punted it was just you know so i guess i've done something right as a parent that absolutely like, you know, he uh he was so mad about it. but really honestly like the the vibe was pretty good and especially yeah. like you know even in the in the first half when we held him to a field goal after they were right down the goal line people were pumped up about it yeah um you know i mean people thought that was a, that was a big win we held them to a, a mm-hmm. field goal after they were right on the goal line and you know uh you know we were only down nine to seven at halftime Najee's touchdown to get us right back in it got a huge uh you know a huge boom oh, from yeah. the crowd it was yeah. it was a it was a good crowd but then like you know when you just can't get stops on defense and then you know people in the fourth quarter they they don't get stops they're down by two scores you know they punted away people started leaving and i yeah. don't sit out in the sun all day you know want to get out of the heat and um you know, I mean, we stayed till the very end, but nevertheless, right. like it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, it was, 
it was if this had been if this had been a October game or mm-hmm. a November game, uh, you know, I think the 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 durability of not only the fans but also the defense probably would have been a little better too. Because you know, when you're out there yeah, playing football in ninety degree direct sun weather with no cloud cover, like it it wears on you as a defense too. Oh, absolutely, and and you could see the intensity of the sun, um, and and I think. Uh, well, it would have been back up behind you, um, the, the overhang up there. And I think it's the 500 level seats there. They, I think they were the only ones that had any kind of decent shade, um, based on, on the sun. And so obviously it was coming down hard on the players and, um, but, but yeah, hot, hot day. And, you know, I've been in there before. In fact, I was there with my son, I think for a game a couple years ago and, uh, um, that was preseason game and it, oh man, was it hot. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, you I just mean, sit there and bake. It's you just, do. It's not, it's, yeah. you, you do. You feel like a chicken in the oven. I mean, you just you, you know what it feels like. Um, let, let's just you, one, you mentioned this already. One other thing I want to say. Yeah. One re- yeah. really nice touch on the Steelers' part um, that they you know before the game they had a moment of silence for Patricia Rooney and Tunchilkin, who we Absolutely. lost this year. Uh, but also um, in the Great Hall, they <clears throat> they've kind of redesigned it a little bit. They took out the the walk of fame that they had there before and put in a store to sell things of course um but they but they uh they they kept kind of those those lockers and uh, on on the side and in the one locker they had like tunch and wolf's jersey hanging next to each other which was a really nice Nice. touch yeah i took a picture of it off to share it on social media but i was like oh this is cool it's nice they did that very yeah yeah. very cool very classy Um, move by the steelers yeah, no, it, it was, and 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 let me uh, uh, just let me cover the injury report real quick as of today, and then um, I, I want to get growing real, problem. It, it is there, there's a little glimmer of hope here um, because um, today Big Ben was limited, uh, so I, I'm not going to get one way or another with him just yet. Um, Highsmith still did not participate, so he's going to have to show something tomorrow. Um, Ebron was a full participant. Hayden and Bush were both full participants, uh, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, Watt limited again. So, you know, it's improving a little bit. And I think, you know, as you and I were talking about before we, we started the show, um, if you can get Hayden and Bush back and and maybe have to sacrifice a a Highsmith, you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you take those two. Yeah. Um, and those those soft tissue injuries, you know, those groin injuries, those hamstring pulls, things like that. I mean, those aren't those are tough ones to like work through because right. you you risk kind of severely re-injuring yourself mm-hmm. if you uh, you know if you if you come back too soon or if you yep. And and the other thing with soft tissue injuries is not only the the re-injury factor of the existing one but sometimes you try and overcompensate right so if you're you know if you have a pulled hamstring or if you're you know groin is tight or something maybe you lean a little harder on the other side or push a little harder and then you pull something on the other side because you're not on balance anymore you're trying to you're you're trying to preserve the one side to and you overstrain the other so it's you know the the one thing i'll say about ben's injury though being his his left pectoral is yeah his his non-throwing arm so right we've seen ben play through some pretty significant pain before that pain management for him has never been a question so um you know if, if he can functionally throw the ball 
Um, I, I think he'll be fine. And and really, I mean, he showed in this game he can still throw the he still has the arm to throw the ball down yeah. the field. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, he threw four pretty good deep balls. And I'm a big Chase Claypool fan, but at some point, Chase has to win more than half of these 50-50 balls. I mean, I know they're called 50-50 balls, I, but I like agree. he's the the one that really sticks out was the the third down in the first half, right? Mm-hmm. That it's third and four at like the Raiders 38 yard line. You're in positive territory. I don't like taking a deep shot there in third down. I don't, I don't either. Give me the I'd first rather, down. Get the first down yeah. and then take the deep shot on first down. Yep. Um, and I was talking with Derek with on Twitter you. about this too. You know, you'd rather get the first down because 38 yard lines fringe a field goal range too, which right. Chris Boswell showed later in the game he could make it from there, but nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Um that you know, take okay, take if you know you're gonna go for it on fourth down, I'm okay with taking the deep shot on third. Right. But Claypool had that ball basically go through his hands. Yeah, maybe the defender got his hand in there to break it up, but he got a hand on it in the end zone, right? He he should catch that ball. Yeah. And then they go for it on fourth down and run a play where you've got three out of your five receivers running 10 plus yards down the field on fourth and four, which doesn't do you any good. Like three, you and the other, the other two were both running out routes. Um, and and so it you know and and it was covered those two were covered well by the Raiders so Ben mm-hmm. didn't throw it there and had to double clutch and then you know kind of had some pressure coming at him and had yep. to chuck it up the other way and all of a sudden now you've you know wasted two downs and given the Raiders back the ball at the 38 yard line so yep. it, you know it's one of those things where that's that's the play I kept coming back to him like man if Claypool catches that ball for a touchdown it changes the whole game and you know. It, yeah, he's he's just he's got to catch more than half of these deep balls. And, and, and to me, it, it, that the one that everybody was crediting Hayward with making a nice play on, and, and and it was a nice play. He did what you do as a defensive back you you rake the ball uh, from from the receiver. And yeah. I, I just look at it from the standpoint of after everything that we watched of Claypool at Notre Dame, and then what we saw him last year's rookie season. Those are balls he catches, you know, mm-hmm. and and you, you almost just wonder if he's just maybe taking it for granted a little bit that that okay I got it in my hands this is this is good, and he just isn't securing it as tightly as he needs to. I, I mean, I, he's got to catch some of those, and yeah. and uh, it's just again I'm not trying to uh, defend Ben or anything, but the balls were catchable footballs. Um, and, and they just have to be caught because as you said, they're, they're game changing type things. Um, and, and as far as taking the deep shots on third, four, third and five, okay. Once in a while, I don't have a problem with that, but when your offense is struggling, your defense is dying for a break. Take the first down. I don't understand why we, why we do that so often. Um, Play, and, play the two down game like you were talking about. You know, g- get me get me uh, uh, at least three or four on third down. So so I, I now I have a makeable fourth and one or fourth and two at the very least if I don't get a first down. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, at the at the thirty eight yard line, even if you get right. three yards, then you're in you know like fifty one, fifty two yard field goal range, which, which is definitely in his wheelhouse. Yeah, apparently. I, I mean, 56 at Heinz. I mean, that was a kick, man. That it was. was. He and, crushed and he, that. Could you see the replay in the stadium? Yeah. Oh, Did yeah. They yeah, showed yeah. the, yeah, because it, it wasn't by much, but it made it. 
Yeah, and um, I and and I mean he was kicking in the closed end, and you know, but yeah. still longest kick in Heinz Field history, man. That oh, it was, was great. That was something. Yeah, it was great. What uh, you mentioned this early, right in the beginning. Um, what in the hell was Tomlin thinking on fourth down in the fourth quarter? I have uh, no idea. I, I mean, there's. I mean, to, to, why didn't he just say? I would have had so much more respect for for Tomlin had he just said in the in the post game, you know what, guys, I screwed that one up. If he would have just said that, I would have been like, okay, done. Yeah. But instead, he tried. Well, we wanted to play field position. You're playing field position with a defense missing five starters. You, you, your defense has been whipped, worked over. They're tired. It's fourth in less than a yard. For God's sakes, get the first down, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got. I, you and I understand that we were kind of getting whipped up front, but still, you have a running back you drafted in the first round. You have yes, a six yes, foot five yes. quarterback that's two hundred and fifty pounds. You've got a fullback. You got a fullback that you're paying four million dollars to, oh, or two million, or however much, three million dollars yep. to sit on the bench. Like, do something, you yep. know, like show a sign of life. And I think that was that was that was it more so that it was just listless in the fourth quarter. They didn't they weren't showing any life. Like no. when they showed life, the fans were into it. And and I mentioned Najee's touchdown. That touchdown, he had that route all day. Like they only threw it to him I think twice, but that little, you know, yep. run out of the backfield, that option route where you check the linebacker if he's cheating inside, you cut outside, if he's cheating yep. outside, you cut inside. He had that option route all day. He was open on that all stinking day. And they only threw it to him twice, uh, you know, and, and and that's and part of it, too. You know, this is the hard thing, right? Yeah. Najee's winning on that route all day and he winds up scoring a touchdown on it later. But, you know, you get the and this is where I go back and forth with like the analytics people and the PFF people. Right. They're like, oh, yeah. you know, Ben's average depth of target is so short and this and that. And it's like, well. If you got a guy who's winning on a route all the time, why not throw him the ball? Right. Do it until they prove they can stop it, right? Or <laughs> don't don't like you know force things Absolutely. that aren't there. But to the to the Raiders' credit too, I mean they played pretty much single high safety the whole game. They yeah. played press man on the outside, that and it's it's the formula to beat the Steelers. It you is the Achilles heel right single now. Single high, and and. And actually, I saw a stat that someone put out that I think the Raiders have like the deepest average safety depth in the league. Like their single high was playing like really far back. And you want <laughs> center to center field like, single yeah. high. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, why didn't the Steelers stretch the middle of the field? And it's like, well, that guy, part of it was the conceptually, right? That, yeah. you know, anytime you ran a, a post to the middle, that guy was there to double it and it just wasn't open. You know, I, I, watch the tape of the game and it's just it's like okay that wasn't open i understand why they didn't throw the deep middle it wasn't open right um but and what they had was one-on-one -on -one coverage on the outside and they hit one deep ball to deontay and one deep ball to claypool but they could have hit a couple more mm -hmm. um but those deep balls they hit were game-changing plays and it's like okay if they're giving you one-on-one -on -one, yeah you trust your guys to to win those matchups and absolutely see what you can do absolutely um but one of the one of the really interesting things to me was, um, you know, Max Starks has taken Tunch's place on the uh, the in the locker room show that they do every week. Right. Right. And uh, one of the Steelers things, tackle. Yep. Yes. So still two linemen with with Wolf and Starks now. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that Max Starks was talking about this week was how Matt Canada's scheme may actually be hurting the running game a little bit. And he said, you know, there's some things he does that helps with some hmm. things that are hurting that. Um, one of the things like the, the motion can be good because it gives you information before the snap about what, sure. you know, what kind of coverages things are in. But sometimes you've got like you're you're 
running guys out of the play that you can you can motion a guy into either a better position or you can motion him into a worse position and some of the times in the running game he's he's motioning guys into a worse position well yeah and you've got you broke down some film you've got a clip of exactly what you're just talking about here yes i do all right so here we go um i'm gonna try and share this and all right so this is actually the like second play of the game um where so we're in a a two by two set right two Mm -hmm. receivers everyone's packed in pretty tight um but you see here you know the the raiders have this winds up being a a run to the the left for Najee. um but the raiders have basically four guys here on this side of the line we've got four guys plus the center so five on four to block there's a a safety kind of hanging out over here Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. Um, but what's going to happen is Claypool's going to come in motion to this side. So then it's going to become a three by one set. Um, and you'll see what happens is Claypool comes in motion. So up in the corner here, this defensive back sneaks in this guy who was guarding Claypool shifts to the middle. So what this tells you is, okay, they're in, uh, either some type of zone or matchup coverage, right? Because, Mm -hmm we've now got three wide receivers here and the two linebackers that were in shifted over to this side. So they're either dropping into a zone or they're just matching up. And, um, you know, it's, if they're in man, then, you know, this guy in the middle who shifted over is now on Claypool. Yep. Um, and they just shifted or they're in zone, which is probably more likely um, that they're, that they're in a, a short zone. Um, but nevertheless, you know, now you've shifted with three guys on this side. So now with this defensive back dropping down, we'll count them one, two, three, four, essentially five Raiders on count, this half of the, the middle. Field. Yep. Yep. Count the Mac or, or yeah, the mic, the mic, yep. count the mic in the middle. Um, and then, you know, with blockers, you've got one, two, three, four. So it's, it's four. We shifted a guy over and now it's four on five, essentially on this side. And, you know, okay, maybe Najee is supposed to beat the first guy. Maybe the first guy is the running backs guy, right? Um, so what happens we, is we do see more offensive systems where they want they expect the running back to beat at least one guy. Yes. So it's yes. it's not like the old days of football when it, the idea was I'm going to get more hats on their hats so my running back can get through. Right. They expect backs to beat at least one guy. Yes. No, that, that's just the way it is. Yes, that's correct. Um, but what happened also with this this shift in coverage was they're running in an outside zone play. So Fryermuth is blocking down on the defensive end. Um, you got Kevin Dotson here having to perform a reach block, which for those who may not know what a reach block is, it's when you're lined up to the inside of someone, but you actually have to block their outside shoulder. Mm-hmm. So Dotson here from his guard position has to get around to the outside here of 77 and block his outside shoulder. It's tough to do. It's really tough to do. Yep. Yes. Um, with, with Fryermuth blocking down, Dan Moore's going to loop out and around and essentially become a, a lead blocker on this play. Um, and then here's the difficulty. Kevin Dotson, after he snapped or not, sorry, not Kevin Dotson, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick green. Yeah. Kendrick green. After he snaps the ball now has to come out and block this guy right however this guy is a defensive back before the snap when claypool was lined up over here the guy shading basically right here in the defense was this inside linebacker right this linebacker is now shifted to the middle so this guy is a defensive back so kendrick green has to get from his center position 
out to block this defensive back. And as we roll the tape, here we see it happen, right? Fryermuth blocks down. Uh, Dotson does get around and perform that. He does, he, it looks well. good right now, Ian. I mean, it yep. looks good. Dan Moore is pulling around to the outside. He's got a lane. And here comes Kendrick Green having to block this defensive back. So just, just watch, watch Kendrick Green here. We'll play it slowly. Green gets there. Okay. Uh, tries to reach his hands out. You know, you've got Dan Moore here. Yep. who's got this guy in his sights okay you know fryer moose got this sealed dotson has this sealed trey turner's doing a decent job here and dotson or not dotson green just whiffs green and whiffs. the guy that green whiffs on oops go back a little bit more here the guy that the guy that green whiffs on mm-hmm. trips up that's abraham bit, and everybody else cleans yep. him up yeah so oops so yeah, but well, what it what it does is, I mean, it it really illustrates exactly how close they can be at times yes. to really breaking off a big run. But yes, it just isn't they were happening. they were they were that like if if Green makes that block, and, and it's not solely Kendrick Green's fault either. No. Like I watched a bunch of tape of the running game, and one play it's Green, one play it's Dan Moore, one play it's Trey Turner, one play it's Kevin Dotson, and one play it's Chooks. Yep. You know, it's football is the ultimate team game Absolutely, 10 guys can do their job perfectly and if one guy screws up the whole play gets destroyed especially in the running game so it's you know it's it's one of those things where you need everyone performing you know what they can do to the best level and you know but that's just a microcosm where you know we had we had numbers on that side but you shift claypool out to the other side and now all of a sudden you know, the defense shifts a little bit and that's a situation where, you know, maybe Ben has to be able to make the call of, Hey, they shifted. We're going to run this to the strong side now, instead of to the weak side, right? We're going to run this to the, to the tight end side and, or mm-hmm. instead of the non-tight end side or, or something like that, where, you know, you're like, okay, Hey, we've got numbers on the other side of the field. We got a hat on a hat. Let's, let's run something over there. Um, you know, rather than, continuing to run uh, and we did we did a lot of that like we ran a lot of weak side runs and i was just like as i went back and watched it i was like holy smokes we ran a ton mm-hmm. of of weak side weak side running plays and it was just like you know it just kind of blew my mind of of just how many weak side runs we had well and to me teams that are going to do that typically are a little more veteran um, and and are going to have just overall more experienced guys when you're, when you're running weak side like that. I mean, uh, you know, in in that play, you just showed Fryermuth is a rookie and and does a good job. Um, Dan Moore's coming out and doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. Dotson's a second year player and gets a really tough reach block and, and gets it. And, and you're exactly right. There are so many instances, especially in last week's film, where it's it's one guy, literally one guy, just doesn't quite get his job completed, and everything breaks down. Yes. Um, and and so I think what it does is it helps all of us with our perspective that it's it's not this collective effort by the line to suck every play. Um, yes, it, it, it's just a matter of of one or two guys not getting the job done, and uh, we saw the same thing in pass protection too. 
Um, yeah. you know, you'll see two or three guys doing, doing excellent work. And then you see one or two guys, uh, getting steamrolled or, or getting juked or, or something. And, and until that changes, until we get everybody on the same page and it's all consistent, that's the type of stuff that's, that's going to keep happening to this team. Um, right now, let me remind everybody real quick that you are listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of South Florida. Uh, Deck serves Broward and the Southern Palm Beach counties, whether it's commercial, industrial, residential, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. All right. Where do you want to go next? Uh, yeah. So Ian? let's let's talk about a good play that we had offensively. Absolutely. Because right? there are some good plays occasionally. There, there are some good plays too. And this is, this is uh, an example of what can happen when everything goes right. So uh, let's see you let me share my screen again oh if i was actually paying attention to the uh thing that came up there jeez oh man <laughs> yeah well you... there we go all right so this is this is a uh <laughs> yeah th this is another weak side run but this is one that gets blocked well so this time we've got two tight ends in the game with both zach gentry and pat Fryermuth. yep um and and you know so we're, we're loaded up on this side right with four blockers um but you see Oakland's kind of shaded or not Oakland, but Vegas is kind of shaded this way. <laughs> Actually, one of the one of the referees made that mistake during the game, too. They called, it, they called a penalty and they called it on Oakland, which is hilarious. Um, but but at any rate, you know, we've got even though this is the heavy side, you know, the the Raiders aren't necessarily um, overstacking the, the weak side here. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're going to see once again is this is another zone blocking type play. Um, where you've got a lot of linemen moving around. So, um, you know, just if we kind of watch the linemen here, right, we've got Trey Turner blocking down. We've got a core four coming out. We've got Dotson pulling around. Um, we've got Green doing a good job blocking in the middle. Um, and then what happens is you've got uh, with Dotson coming around and one defender yeah, over here. Is that Crosby or Nassib? But, Might be Nassib. Yeah, um, you know, Dotson gets that block, that pull block on the corner, and then you've now you've got Fryermuth coming yep. around also from the outside to be the lead blocker, and now you've got a hat on a hat, and Najee gets to spring it and get some space. So now, you know, Najee didn't actually have to to beat a guy until he got to the second level, right? Um, and, and that's what can happen when these things get blocked well. But but once again, right? Look at what that play took. It took, you know. It took Turner blocking down. It took Chooks getting out to the second level second to block level. the linebacker. It took Dotson, who's not super mobile, coming around mm -hmm. the formation and getting that block on the edge defender. It took Fryermuth coming from his outside tight end position, looping through to become the lead blocker and take out the linebacker. And then you get a hat on a hat, and Najee gets 12, 13 yards before anyone even touches him. Yeah. So. It's, if you if you really want to nitpick, you can say, "Hey Zach Gentry, you gotta you gotta you know hang on to that guy just a little bit longer, and it's that big, much bigger of a run." But I'll right. take the twelve yards right now. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, we only had we only had two of those runs during the game that actually broke for more than a, a handful of yards. Right. Um, you know, the other one, the other one was a, a pitch play to the outside that was once again well blocked. Um, and and that was a case actually where here I'll I'll show this one too because I have it. Um, let me 
pull this one up but that was that was just another case of uh you know Najee just beating beating the guy he had to beat in that case right. um that so you know we're, we're on the other end zone view here but this time this time they actually run to the strong side right mm-hmm. there you're you've got the guys on the weak side but now you actually have blockers on the strong side this is a pitch out to Najee. Najee's going to get the corner one guy one guy gets through right there got i think around claypool was the guy who missed him yep. but you've got a decent block here you've got a lead blocker out here in space and Najee makes the guy miss and gets another you know 12 13 yards out of it so you know if we if we watch it just again at full speed even though we met claypool misses a block there Najee still has the angle to you know beat the defensive back and get out there and, and- um and, and to be honest, that's a horrible miss by Claypool. You, yeah. To let that guy go inside of you, I mean, that, that play could have been stopped dead in its tracks for no yeah. gain because yeah. of that one missed block. Right. Well, it's it's uh, like that that block know. we showed on the very first play, right? right. That, uh, you know, Kendrick Green missed that block. And basically the same thing happened, that Najee got tripped up enough that the other guys coming across were able to catch him in the wash. That play, Najee was able to, you know, have enough of a head of steam that he – uh, you know, beat the guy to the outside and got around him for 12 yards. So, you know, Ben had a tweet earlier this week um, that basically said, like, Najee Harris is a, a Pro Bowl caliber back that's playing behind an offensive line that continues to make so many mistakes that they just aren't giving him the opportunities he needs, you know, yeah, to, to make things true. happen. And it is true that when you're getting hit, you know, six, seven yards uh, in the either maybe not six seven yards when, when either you're getting hit in the backfield or when you can't when you can't even get ahead of steam going or even when you have to sidestep guys in the backfield like it's it's mm-hmm. hard to just get moving and and like we said it's a it's a team game and it's not one guy that we can point to that's continually making mistakes which is why i think when tomlin was asked this week if he was going to make any changes on his offensive line he said no because you can't say like this guy sucks and needs to be replaced it's it, it, they're taking turns making mistakes, right? Yeah. Everybody's making mistakes. So, um, and and I think so. In some respects, maybe maybe with this young line, Matt Canada needs to simplify the scheme a little bit. You know, all those plays we showed. There's a lot of moving pieces up front. It's very they're they're not doing the power blocking thing of just blocking the guy in front of you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of guys moving around and pull blocking and things like that and i realize sometimes that's how you spring big runs too you know that, mm-hmm, that that's sure. kind of how the modern running game works and they've got these more athletic offensive linemen now that's why they drafted kendrick green that's why they drafted dan moore because those guys could do those kind of things but you know maybe at some point too you just have to say hey we're going to simplify this a little bit we're just going to put a hat on a hat and block straight ahead and see if our guys can beat their guys rather than asking you know your rookie center to perform essentially a reach block on a defensive back that's lined up six yards off the line of scrimmage you know yeah. and, and over by the tackle over there it's like all right you're <laughs> you have to snap the ball and then get out there on this defensive back that's a lot faster than you are and hope you make that block so that Najee doesn't get you know no gain and he can get something are are we what what in the wide world of sports is going on with Derek Watt? Because Watt actually played for Matt Canada at Wisconsin and was used. I, I wouldn't say uh, every down, but he was utilized big time by Canada. Um, 
I, I why why not use him? And I know people get frustrated. Well, if you use him, I, then you got to take a receiver or a tight end off the field. And it's like, okay, take Eric Ebron off the field. I mean, he's yeah, got one I, catch. He's got four targets. Give, give me a little bit of Derek Watt. I'm not asking yeah. him to go back to the old days of double tights and, and I formation. That's not what I'm saying. But give me a little bit of Derek Watt, either either blocking or or catching the ball out of the backfield. I just I just don't see the problem here. What what am I missing? I honestly don't know. I mean, I would love to see it too. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of fullbacks, even in the the modern game. I mean, there was a, a guy on Twitter today that was tweeting you know videos of of some of the plays the raiders ran and you know when you looked at them like some of the some of the concepts they ran out of the personnel they ran them out of like are completely unexpected right Mm -hmm. and that's how that's how for years you know the patriots had their advantage or for even last year with the browns to their credit yes you know had had a good offensive game plan that you know the so some of the stuff the the Raiders ran. They ran four verticals out of a three tight end set, right? Like, or maybe it was one wide receiver, but I think it was. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was four, but they ran four verticals with multiple tight ends on the field. They ran a a, a corner route with a fullback where he ran like a you know came out of the backfield mm-hmm. and and ran a corner route, and that was the play Joe Schobert broke it up. But still, like you don't expect a fullback to be running a fifteen yard no. corner route, like. Those are the, you know, those are the things in the modern NFL that you can exploit because people don't expect it. And, you know, yeah, having motion before the snap is good. It gives you information. It gives you, you know, it can create mismatches, but you have to be able to exploit them also. And and that's, that's just the thing that, you know, and and I realize it's only two games out of a 17 game season, but, you know, I, I want to see us doing more to, to put guys in positions where they can succeed, right? Throw, throw more crossing routes where guys can catch the ball as they're running. Don't throw these little sit down routes where guys are just sitting there and catch the ball and, you know, are basically flat footed and can't get any yards after oh, the catch. Point. Like, you know, you throw, you throw slants, you throw crossing routes, those kind of things that when guys can catch the ball as they're running forward, you already have a head of steam and some momentum and can actually get somewhere after the catch too. Makes a huge difference. It There's does. No doubt it about does. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 let me be clear too. Like Mason yeah. Rudolph is not the answer. Mason Rudolph can't throw a crossing route. Mason Rudolph can't throw with anticipation or timing no, or anything. No. That you know that I think, and I think I said this before that like Chase Claypool could be a really really good statistical receiver with Mason Rudolph at quarterback because he throws these sky balls to him. Jump balls. Jump balls. Yeah. Yes. And, yep. and and as we were talking earlier about Claypool, one of the things I was thinking about was like, you know, he's he's really good when he can use his body and be big and physical. But I wonder if, you know, Ben's throwing to hit him in stride. Right. And it seems like he he plays smaller when he's trying to catch it in stride because he's trying to catch it and run at the same time. And that's how defensive backs get their hands in there. Whereas when Mason was throwing him these sky balls, he could just. He, he didn't have right. to run. He could just stop and out jump the defensive back. Um, and and maybe that's where he's better is where he's just out jumping guys that, you know, maybe his tracking the ball in the air needs some work still. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's something to watch. It's it's a handful of plays, right? It's, it's three plays oh, over sure. one game. Like, I'm for not sure. going to make a sweeping generalization after three plays in one game, but still, like, 
he needs to catch a couple more of these too as we go on <laughs> in the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I and I think he will. I think he yeah. will. I think I think that was a bit of an eye opener for him. Um, and and yeah, I won't I won't beat the dead horse because we talked a little bit about it earlier. But he's he's got to come up with some of those. Yeah. Um. Hey, real quick, everybody. DraftKings is uh, giving new customers right now 150 bucks instantly when you bet one dollar on any football game. Um. So here's what you need to do: download the DraftKings sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So one thing I'll say about DraftKings too, just uh, I haven't bet with them personally, but I have friends that do. Um, they're, They're really, really good about like with customer service. So Very good. Last yep. year, there was a, a, I think it was a Monday night game between uh, Tampa and Kansas City. And one of my friends bet on the like two first half touchdowns for Tyreek Hill, right? And that yep. was the game where Tyreek Hill actually caught one, but it came out and they called it incomplete, but it was actually a catch. Uh, DraftKings, they didn't pay out the wager, but they refunded him his money, right? So they basically right. paid it out as a push. They said they should have called it a touchdown. The officials messed up, so we're just going to refund your money that you put into this bet that it wasn't, you know, they didn't pay it out as if he had won it, but they at least refunded right. his money that they were like, you didn't, you shouldn't have to lose this money because the officials screwed up. So DraftKings is is really good about like customer service, things like that, that they, you know, they, they are very user-friendly, I'll say. No, and, and you can't be user-friendly when you're dealing with uh, money. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Ian, the Bengals come to town this week. Um, they're a little bit banged up too. T. Higgins, a uh, real good receiver uh, who who Joe Burrow likes a lot, has yeah. not practiced at all this week. Um, so so they've got some issues. They're you know their defense is I think uh, a little underrated. It's played better than people thought. Now, granted, they played the Vikings in Week One, uh, who have a, a decent offense, obviously good running game. Um, and a couple of decent receivers, but then you've got um, uh, last week uh, they came up a little short on their first road game in Chicago. Who, uh, you know, the defense bailed Chicago out because the offense didn't do much. So I, I think any Steelers fan that just thinks this is going to be the same old Bengals, well, I hope it is. I hope it is, but I, I'm not anticipating that. I, I think that Cincinnati defense is is going to be a little bit better and. Um, uh, hey, we, we know what they did to us last year when we went in there in December. We got beat by Ryan Finley, of all people, uh, 27-17. So what are, what are we looking for this week uh, in terms of uh, how to attack the Bengals and, and, and how to defend as well? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned that uh, Bengals-Vikings uh, game. Here's a, here's a crazy stat I saw on Twitter. Six of the last ten ties in the NFL – have involved either the Bengals, the Vikings, and or Kirk Cousins. And <laughs> so that, that game almost wound up in a tie. Like, it was really close. It was close. It went down to the wire of overtime. Yeah, so they 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 almost, like... That is they, bizarre. It, it really is, isn't it? It, um, it is. But uh, one, one thing I will say is that the Bengals are coming off of a game where they turn the ball over four times, right? Yep. Joe Burrow threw three interceptions last week. Mm-hmm. And 
the Steelers have yet to have an interception this season. So ideally, we would see that trend continue and keep going. But I've also seen the Pittsburgh Steelers play games against, oh, let's say Jay Cutler, who threw four interceptions the week before and then came back and looked like supremely efficient the next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, Burrow has been a little turnover prone in his career. Um, but, you know, we also have to remember that this is not a video game, right? These guys are not pre-programmed to make bad throws. These guys are competitors and they're going to go back and work on things and be like, I can't make yep. that mistake again. So they're, the Bengals and Burrow specifically will be looking at, you know, sometimes it's it's almost worse to have a bad game before they play, before someone it, plays it you. It feels that way, doesn't because, it? Because it's like, you know, those guys are kind of, extra sensitive to their mistakes or extra paying attention to details because they just had a really bad game right. um, and they want to come out and flip the script. Ideally, the Steelers would have a good enough defense that we can go out and continue that script. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I, at some point we got to get some turnovers here too, because that's, that's what's really hurting the offense too, is that we haven't really had any short fields to work no. with yet this season. We haven't got a big kick return. We haven't got a, a defensive turnover or anything like that. So, uh, or I mean, we've gotten fumbles. We haven't gotten an interception where you right. know, have had a chance right. for a run back or anything like that. So, um, you know, that, that would be getting turnovers off this team. And, um it is something that is i think first and foremost what you have to do on defense because not only does that get you off the field more but also you know that that helps just just the overall mentality of your defense that if you start getting turnovers and pressures and sacks and then you start building confidence and you go start playing with some more swagger which is what you you have to play with swagger mm -hmm. on defense if you're if you're playing passive you're going to get picked apart and burrow is efficient enough that he can he can pick you apart and they've got three good receivers they in, do. you know jamar chase who they draft in the first round t higgins who has wound up being a lot better of a receiver than i thought he was going to be Same. when i when i saw him at clemson he looked like a guy who was afraid to go over the middle and catch the ball yeah. but he's a really good outside receiver um and then Tyler Boyd, who I've been watching since he was a freshman in high school and yep. pumping up how good he is. And he's turned into, you know, one of the better slot receivers in the NFL and is getting paid like it with a pretty handsome contract. So, you know, great, great for Tyler. I'm really happy for him. I'm a little sad that he's in Cincinnati, um, but of course, never, nevertheless, um, you know, I, I, I like to see him do well, um, just not against the Steelers. But <laughs> that, that being Amen. said, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're they're. I think their defense is probably better than we give them credit for, but they're still not a great defense by any stretch oh, no. of the word. Oh, no. This no. is a team we should be able to run the ball against. Um, Chicago ran for 123 yards last week, mm -hmm. so we should be able to run the ball against them. We'll see if we're able to. Um, but we just, I, I mean, def offensively, we got to keep more drives going. We got to pick up more third downs. Have we got to stay on the field to. longer. Have you to. know, got to limit the three and outs that we have. Got to win the turnover battle. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, all that stuff together, um, you know, that, that we need to do. Although globally, I will say, you know, coming into the season, I kind of, I expected us to lose in Buffalo and then beat Oakland. So I kind of expected us. Or yeah. Beat, I had us at one and one too. Vegas, not Oakland, yep. but you know, I expected us to be one and one at this point as well. Just they, they kind of flipped the script and did it the other way. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, that, 
that the the changing expectations that we see on a week by week basis in the NFL and within the Steelers fan base, it's like, oh, they beat a team they shouldn't. They're going to be great. Oh, they lost to a team they shouldn't have lost to. <laughs> but but let's not forget either. Like the Raiders were an eight and eight team last year, so like they were good but not great. They were okay. Yeah. They they well, won at one point games. I think they were. God, were they six and two last were, year? At one point they were really up there. And they beat just... the Chiefs last year yeah. too. And yeah. Um, yeah so it's it's not like it's not like we lost to some schmuck team it's not like losing to the Bengals last year was an awful loss i would bad. not put i would bad. not put the raiders loss anywhere near that no, category no um no they were six and three you were you were pretty close six yeah. and three okay yep. i uh i have to believe minka fitzpatrick's gonna play well sunday um i i, I think in large part, he was kind of out of the game because of the attention that was paid to to Darren Waller, and, and rightfully so. Um, but but clearly, after the game that he played up in Buffalo, which was just an extraordinary performance, um, he he did not have a good game last week. So I'm no. I'm thinking he plays a lot better on Sunday, and and I don't know what that means. I just think he'll play better. Yeah. Um, and and I I think. Uh, uh, we'll continue to see, and I and I think to me it's it's T.J. Watt. If he is on the field, then I think instantly everybody else is better because now you always have that constant threat of a guy getting to the quarterback, making, uh, forcing the quarterback to get rid of the ball, forcing fumbles, which he's become so good at, uh, rushing plays. You know, I, I just if he can go, I think it's a huge difference for our defense. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree with you there. Um, and, and really, you're you're right. Um, you know, early in that game against the Raiders, one of my my big things that I was watching was like, okay, how are they going to defend Darren Waller? Yep. And they were basically either double teaming him or putting Cam Sutton on him every play. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was like either you know it's either they're double teaming him with like you know a, a linebacker underneath, and then. Edmonds or Minka over the top, or they've got Minka shading him. Like they moved Minka around a ton against yeah. the Raiders, and it was mostly following Waller around. Yep. Um, and and they they did a lot. Or if he was in single coverage, it was Cam Sutton that was playing him. You know, Cam right. Sutton when he moved into the slot. Then you had Justin Lane and James Pierre on the outside. And the Raiders, to their credit took advantage of it because they're like, all right, you're going to double this guy. We're going to throw to the other tight end, or we're going to throw to the running back out of the backfield that you're ignoring or whatever it was, you know, they, because we were putting so much attention on Darren Waller after the the first game that he had, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that we were ignoring running backs coming out of the backfield. We were, you know, kind of ignoring, and, and I mean, Derek Carr made some some pretty good throws too. Let's uh, he's a yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, but he made smart he made throws nice too. Throws. He, he made, made a lot throws. of smart yes. throws. Yep. Yes. Um. And and the thing I'll say about the Bengals is they don't have a good tight end. Uh, CJ Uzuma sucks. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. he's fine, but he's just a guy, right? Right. Um. Joe Mixon's a good running back, but with three good receivers. You know, they're going to play those three receivers pretty much all the time. They're going to be, mm-hmm. we're going to be in our nickel defense the whole game. Yep. But because of the talent of the receivers, we pretty much just have to play a straight up defense. We're not going to be focusing so much on stopping just one guy. We have to, we have to play a balanced, even defense across the board mm-hmm. because, 
you know, if you double Jamar Chase, then you're singling T Higgins and he's going to get wide open over the top. Or if you, you know, if you double Higgins, then you're leaving uh, the slot open yep. and, Boyd and Tyler, Tyler Boyd's going to beat you. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we're just going to pretty much have to play them straight up and hope our guys can beat their guys. Basically. And, but it, yeah. it also simplifies things that then, you know, Mink is not running all over the field and being like, where's Darren Waller? What do I got to do? Do I got to, you know, who, who am I supposed to be following on this play? It's more, it's, it's, it's a read and react and trust your instincts kind of defense rather than a, you know, thinking where's that guy right. who's got him. Okay. I can go do this other thing. Or, you know, it's, it's less, it's less specialized to stop one player and they did slow down Waller, but the other guys beat him. Right. And And that's good teams do that. Yes. You know, good teams find ways because their, their main guys are taken out. The other guys step up and more power to them. Um, Well, and and you know, as well as anyone living in Michigan that, you know, for years, Calvin Johnson just feasted, but those teams sucked. Like, you know, teams were basically like, we're going to let, and they didn't let Calvin. You didn't let Calvin Johnson do anything. Calvin Johnson did what he wanted, he but yeah. but but nevertheless, it was like you know you can you can have a receiver that breaks the NFL receiving record, but still be a four and twelve team because oh, yeah. if, if other people can't do anything, then they can't do anything. Um, and to you know to to use a basketball analogy, like you know there there were times when it was like all right, you know. Michael Jordan's going to get his points or LeBron's exactly going to get LeBron's yep. going to get his points but we got to stop the other guys from getting, you know, their little chunks of points that, mm-hmm. that wind up making the difference in the game. And you know, okay, Michael scores 50, Michael scores 60. Well, you know, if they need 90 to beat us or they need 110 to beat us, like we got to stop them from scoring those other 40 or 50 points. Right. Yeah. Um, or, or LeBron scores 60. We got to stop the other guys. Right. Um, so and it's kind of similar in the NFL where it's like okay you know yeah we stopped we stopped Darren, Darren Waller but those other four guys beat us yep. right so uh, you know maybe 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 the the better solution is you gotta you you balance yourself across the board and I think with the personnel the Bengals have it kind of forces us to balance ourselves mm-hmm. more across the board yeah and, and that's that's what I'm thinking too um and I and I think offensively you you mentioned a little earlier we'll probably try to uh establish the run at least I hope we do um and and again a lot of that's going to depend on who's playing quarterback too um yeah. and and you know I have no reason to think it won't be Ben Roethlisberger at this point but um friday's practice will go a long way towards uh determining that um, but, oh, one, one other thing i will say though on, on establishing the run right yeah that you you wrote a pretty good article on this after week one and we did it more in week two and this was one of the things that i really wanted to see out of the matt canada office and offense and i have seen it so far right is that running plays to set up other plays right like we mm-hmm. ran that pitch play to, to Najee that i showed at the beginning yep. that didn't really work but then later in the game, we ran a play where Ben faked that pitch, and those three receivers on that one side were all running routes, and he was able to, he, he you know, he did a little rollout and threw a ball and, yeah. and completed a pass for a first down. So it's, you know, it's like okay, maybe that play didn't work, but you also ran that play so that when you get in that formation or run that motion, 
the guys on the field are thinking, okay, they ran this play before. I'm going to watch for this. So maybe they start leaning that way. Maybe they overcommit a little bit, and then you hit them on the backside with something else. And that was what we were missing last year with Randy Feekner was he did not run plays to set up other plays. Nothing complimentary. Right, right. Yeah. Canada's Canada's done that so far. They've run, you know, they get in a formation that they'll run the ball with nausea. They'll get in the same formation and run play action off of it later in the game. Those are good offensive tactics to do. Mm-hmm. That's that's good so. tactics. Um, so uh, my my bigger concern is that, you know, so I think from a, a play calling standpoint, Canada's doing an all right job. It's just, you know, sometimes you just have to look at the Sometimes you can get so in much so into the weeds of like how complicated something is that you miss the basics of yes. we don't have a hat on a hat on this side. We're we're running to the left and they've got five guys there and we've got four. You know, it's just um, some of those things. And some of that might be, you know, uh, I, I kind of wonder how much freedom Ben has on the field to change the play. Right. Mm-hmm. How much control does Canada have? over this is the play call versus how much control does Ben have at the line to check out of something, to audible to something else, to say, hey, wait a minute, this guy shifted down. They're in zone, not in man like we thought they would be, right? Because that play we showed at the beginning, if they're in man coverage and that defensive back follows Claypool across the formation, then then we've got numbers, right? Then we've got a hat on a hat on that side and you run that to the weak side and and we've got you know we've got something going there, um, but they didn't. They shifted. They were in zone. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe maybe Ben needs to be a little more on on the details. You know and say hey okay they're in a different defense than we thought they might be. We're going to either shift this run to the other side. We're going to audible out of it and run a different play, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. but you're right. We're. Uh, the running game's been bad so far. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cut hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're also not that far away from it being good, right? Like that the play we showed. If Kendrick mm-hmm. Green makes that block, Najee might still be running right now. I right, mean, you right. know, if he if he makes that block, he's got the outside and he's gonna go a long way. Um so there's there's opportunities there, and I think we're close. We just it's that everybody needs to get on the same page and perform yeah. and, and execute and you got to build a consistency from there yeah, you know, it, yeah. It, right right yeah. get and, everybody and going and go get get moving on a consistent part make it yeah. make it an every down thing yeah and and just you know for the record on the show i'm not throwing kendrick green under the bus it was his mistake on that play i could have picked another play where it was kevin dotson's mistake i could have picked another play where it absolutely was, you know chooks's yeah. mistake or dan moore's mistake or Trey turns everybody on the lines making mistakes. It's just, you know, the play that I happened to pick was, you, you could have pulled up the play in which, um, Chooks gets God. literally turtled, I think by Max Crosby. I, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, you could have picked that up, but anybody could have described that one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so what do, what do you got this week? Uh, Steelers victory. Are we looking at one and two? What do you, what do you got this weekend? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Steelers 27-23. Woo! So okay. closer, closer than we, th- closer yeah. than com- is comfortable, but I think we oh, pull gosh. it out in the end. Yeah, I've got us 23-20. Uh, okay, that's I wasn't gonna yeah. go quite as high as you did, but that's that's where I'm at. And uh, again, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in here to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Um, and of course we will, uh, be back next week to, to wrap up, uh, the Steelers and the Bengals and look ahead to 
the Steelers visit to Lambeau um, yeah. against uh, Aaron Rodgers, the beatnik poet, uh, whatever the hell he's trying to portray himself as these days. I really future don't know. Jeopardy host Aaron Rodgers. It, it, <laughs> maybe who knows? Yeah, better than Mayim Bialik or whatever the hell her name is. <laughs> anyway, for Ian, this is uh, Mark, and we're signing off. And uh, well, I guess I end it this way. Hey, go Steelers! Ravens suck and fuck the Bengals. Whoa!